You are listening to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. This series is called Kingdom Come, where we take a look at what to expect when the baby king comes to earth. All right, all right, all right. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Good to see everybody again. All right, as people are coming in here, as people are coming in here, we, uh, uh, there's, there's a song. It started off as a show tune uh, uh, way back, I think the 60s, and the sound of music started as a show tune. Now, now it's become kind of a, a Christmas song. I'm not quite sure why, other than the fact that it mentions Snowflake in it. And so, th- therefore, as we found out from Frozen, anything that mentions Snowflake or has snowflakes in it is obviously a Christmas movie or Christmas song. So, uh, but uh, uh, the sound of music made the song favorite things a favorite song, right? Now that we've got it stuck in our heads, you know, these are a few of my favorite things, and 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 the the the, the nanny or Ope or whatever they call her in that in, in in the movie, you know, she was singing to the kids. These are a few of my favorite things, and favorite things are about about joy, you know, what brings us joy. So so this morning, this morning, I want you to chime in a little bit about what are some of your Remember, I feel like I always have to preface this. We are still in church. I know it doesn't feel like it, but you don't want to know about that. We got it. We know. We know that's your favorite thing. Besides that, what's your favorite, some of your favorite things that bring you joy? Naps? Naps? Huh? Anything cheetah print. That's borderline. That's borderline. Woo! Water and recreational activities, especially right now, right? Yeah, yeah. Do what? Duct tape and tools. Remind me to stay away from Billy if he's got duct tape or tools. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Anything else? Anything else? Guns. Yeah, that's awesome. We are in Republic. Reminder. Do what? Free things. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Larry pulling out the free things. One of my favorite things that, that I, you know, going back to the sound of music, I went to China one time on a, on, a, on a mission trip, and we had a karaoke night. Chinese love the karaoke. Had a karaoke night on the college campus that we were staying on, uh, and uh, with, you know, it was us Americans and, and the Chinese people that we were friends with, and some of the, some of the, uh, uh, like the administrators of the, of the school that we were, we were there part of. There's a Chinese guy singing Edelweiss, in German. I'm like, that's one of my favorite things right there. It's just so oddly weird that I'm watching this, like, happening. Yeah, so um, what, <clears throat> what, it's kind of go, bonus question this morning. You usually get one. You get, we're going to get two this morning. What, what, on the opposite end of things, what is a killjoy for you? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. Yeah. Oh, that's all right. I've got the microphone, so I get the last say. <laughs> I usually talk too fast for you to mute me, so before it comes out. <laughs> there's probably every week there's something like, I should have muted that. Right. <laughs> That would kind of look like a bad Chinese film. But anyway, that's... A kill joy is art, how much 
Homeless animals. All right, homeless animals that you see on Facebook. <laughs> like, I'm now sad. <laughs> Anybody else? Anybody else? Okay. <laughs> Phil, you might want to scratch that McLaughlin song that you've got coming up now. Like, dang it! <laughs> White socks and black shoes. Woo! Woo! Whew, I about grabbed the white socks this morning. <laughs> she would have not been able to pay attention at all. So, and for, for those of you that are just coming back into the church, and it, we're, we're looking at joy this morning, and, and, and we started a series last week about kingdom come, and, 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 and what happens when the baby king comes close, and we're looking at Christmas and the birth of Jesus, and, and the baby king has come close to us through, 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 through the birth of God himself. But what happens when the baby king comes close? And, and last week, last week, Phil did a great job of, of talking about love. And he's much better talking about love than I am, okay? So, so that was awesome that, that I was gone last week and Phil got to talk about love because, you know, I, I just stink about talking about love. Just ask my wife. And, and, but this week, this week, we, we're, we're looking at, at joy and, and seeing, seeing joy. But some of you, some of you that, that are just coming back into church or uh, have never been in church really at all. You're like, hey, Killjoy, church. I didn't want to say it because I'm in a church, but Killjoy, church. God, rules, commandments. It's a Killjoy. People telling us people what to do. I'm going to start in, in kind of a, a, a verse that's going to amplify where we're headed this morning. And it might, might be hard for you to really digest this based on a little bit of what I just unpacked. But John 15, this is, the, this is the last teaching that Jesus gave his disciples before he died. John 15, Jesus talks about, abide in me and I will abide in you. Abide in my love. Abide in my command. That's when you're like, whoa, hold on, hold on, where are you going with this? Then he says this, I have told you these things, all these abide things, all these things I have told you so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. He's like, look, look, abide in me, abide in my love, abide in my commands, and your joy will overflow. And some of you are like, hold on a second. My joy doesn't overflow if I'm following rules. See, I've shown up in church, and they follow all the rules, and I show up, and it looks like they show up with, with bitter beer face when they show up at church. What's going on? If Jesus says their joy is going to overflow, but they show up to church with bitter beer face, what's going on? It's kind of boring. But here Jesus is saying your joy is going to overflow, so where, where are we missing this? If we do God's commands and we're not finding joy, we're not doing them right. We're not doing them right. So how do we find joy? 
How do we find an overflowing joy? We're going to take a look at a couple of stories. Three different people, three different, three different characters in this story that, that represent three different circumstances that you can find yourself in. How do we find an overflowing joy? Joy. We're going to start in Luke chapter 2. We're going to throw verses up on the screen. We, we encourage you to follow along uh, uh, with, the, with the verses uh, up on the screen. I think it just dawned on me that I forgot to put a version event in, in the app this morning, so I apologize about that. But you can you know, plug it in, Luke chapter 2, <laughs> 5 or 10 extra seconds. So Luke chapter 2, uh, starting in verse 8. We're going to take a look at the shepherds first. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. We forget sometimes the fact that because we have light pollution, we forget what it was like in the first century. Well, I mean, I don't think any of us were there, so it's hard to forget. But anyway, that, that, that there was no lights at all. Like I was on a plane twice at 6 a.m. in the morning. You know, you look out, you see a city, but even in the country, there's lights everywhere still. And, and uh, many of us probably lost power for several hours on Friday night. And, 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 but you go outside, there's still a glow. But then for the shepherds, first century, there's no lights. There's no lights. So, so, so it's pitch black. Think, fantastic caverns, light goes, lights turned off. Who have experienced that? Fantastic caverns, lights go off. Anybody? Anybody? Teachers, yes. Field trips, obviously. Yes, that's where I remember mine. Not because I'm a teacher, because I remember the field trip. Like the lights go off and you can't see anything. This is the type of dark we're talking about. And an angel shows up, think from midnight, completely dark, pitch black, to uh, noonday, noonday, but the sun is right there in front of you. So these shepherds are just like, their eyes are hurting, and, and it's like going outside from a, from a, from an, from a building in the, in the hot summer sun. Our, our, our boys, one of us, one of the five of us, is going to sneeze. And we're like, sun sneeze, sun sneeze. So you've got guys just going, ah, ah, my eyes, and some of them sun sneezing, at you, at you, at you. Some of them are just wetting themselves because they're terrified. They were terrified. The shepherds were terrified, but the angel reassured them, do not be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. Great news, good news have come, has come to you. This is good news of joy that has come to you. And, I, and you will recognize him by this sign. You will find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and the peace on earth to those who, whom God has pleased. So there was one, and then there was a vast army of angels just lighting up the sky. And here are these shepherds. And they're like... I've, we've got good news of great joy, and the Messiah is born. The Savior of the world has been born. And then, the, whoom, they go back up to heaven. And then their eyes get back adjusted to the dark, and one looks at the other. Hey, Fred, I think we need to go check out what they're talking about. And so they go into Bethlehem, and they find a baby lying in a manger. And they get excited. And they tell everybody. And they end up praising God and glorifying God as they go back to their flocks. But see, many times, a lot of times, we, 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 we Christianize the Christmas story. These shepherds, these shepherds, 
These were the down and out of society. These were the down and out of society. Joy found the down and out. They were down and out vocationally. Mike Rowe showed up. This isn't in the scripture, but Mike Rowe showed up and said, hey, I'm doing an episode on dirty jobs, and we want to do you. They stunk like sheep. They stunk like sheep poop. They stunk like outside. When they showed up at the bar later, everybody scattered around, out from them. These were the down and out vocationally. So these were the down and out socially. Nobody wanted to be around them. But these were the down and out morally as well. We have sailor jokes, right? Sorry for those of you in the Navy, but you probably like, yeah. They, we have sailor jokes, right? Cussing like a sailor, blah, 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 blah. The, their sailor jokes were shepherd jokes. Living like a shepherd. This wasn't a good thing. They were morally down and out, so therefore they were religiously down and out. They weren't allowed in the worship system of Jerusalem. Ironically, they tended the sheep that kept that system going, but that's a different message at a different time. But these were the down and out, completely, vocationally, socially, morally, religiously. And maybe you're like, I, kinda, I, I can identify with that. I hate my job, down and out, vocationally. I'm down and out socially. You know, socially awkward, Rob Lowe? Get it. <laughs> Hope it's not a girl or a guy. You know, like, I'm like that. There's a Napoleon Dynamite in everybody. And you're like, what? Anyway. Morally down and out. Morally down and out. You're like, if you only knew. If you only knew, religiously down and out, the church did know when they kicked me out, told me not to come back. Clean up. That's when you can come back. I've got good news of great joy for you this morning. The good news showed up to the shepherds first. The good news showed up to the, to the down and out first. And God chose it to be that way. God gave his angels, I don't know, maybe Gabriel, the, 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 the angels, a box of cigars and say, here you go, boys, go announce it. Hey, those shepherds, they're the ones I want to hear at first. Go freak them out a little bit. This will be fun. They're the down and out. Joy found the down and out. And the message for every single one of us this morning is that joy has found the down and out this morning. See, if we go find joy, we're going to find the wrong type of joy. See, joy finds us when it comes to the baby king. Like I said, there's a little Napoleon Dynamite in everybody. That's why that movie was a cult favorite. Everybody goes, yeah, I see a little bit of me in there. But everybody's down and out morally as well. Everybody. Everybody's blown it. Everybody, everybody has done something. When you did it, you, you, you go, what was I thinking? But 
And the story of Jesus is this. The story of the baby king is this, is that the baby king showed up in the middle of people's moral down-and-outness to fix the problem. Great news. The good news of great joy is that he shows up when we're at our worst. Those of you following along in the reading plan, and we, we highly encourage you to grab a reading plan because, because all but one of the passages is from Psalms. And, and taking a look at the different uh, aspects of Advent as, as they are seen in Psalms. And Psalms is like the 2000s BC Facebook where David and others just, just pour out their heart. And last week, we took a look at God's unfailing love through Psalms. And one of the Psalms, one of the Psalms, Psalm 51, is when King David, after he committed adultery with Bathsheba, after he killed Bathsheba's husband, I mean, this is a plot for an ABC crime drama, right? You saw this last week. David is known as a man after God's own heart. Yeah, 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 sure, before that. No, 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 after that. Why? Psalm 51. Psalm 51 is, is, is David's psalm, prayer of repentance, prayer of saying, your, un, your unfailing love, Lord, allows me, though my sin found me in the womb, I can come to you. And here's one of the things that he said, I want God to restore. Psalm 51, 12, restore to me the joy the joy of your salvation, and make me willing to obey you. See how David is connecting those two ideas together. Make me willing to obey you, and, and, but restore to me the joy of your salvation. See, 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 when, when we blow it, when we blow it, when we sin, we find joy in the moment, but there's always the morning after, right? There's the, 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 the morning after we're going, what have, we, what have we done? What have I done? What's going on? And, and the joy is zapped out of us. See, that's why Jesus says that, that, that my joy will overflow in you because when we hear and follow Jesus, we will never hear and follow him to the morning after. We will always hear and follow him to freedom and joy. And David here says, ah, the joy have been, has been zapped out of me. Will you restore the joy of your salvation back in me? Because that's the only way I can find joy. Joy showed up to the down and out. And maybe you're here this morning going, ah, I get, I get what you're saying there, but hey, I got it all put together. I'm pretty good. Well, we've got a story for those of you I feel like you've got it all put together. Matthew 2, 1. Sorry, I've got to do some flipping, figuring, and touching stuff to get there. Matthew 2, 1. Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the reign of King Herod. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem. These eastern lands, we're talking about uh, Babylon. We're talking about, that, about the enemies of God's people, the enemies of Israel who 700 years before conquered them. And when you're conquered, you don't really get over that easily. They arrived in Jerusalem asking, where's the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and we have come to worship him. We have seen his star at best 
They're astronomers, but probably these guys, these wise men are astrologers. These are guys that worship the stars. They worship the created stars. So the irony of God is this, is that first he showed up to some shepherds that were morally down and out, and then he showed up to some wise men who, who, who had it all together, but they worshiped stars. And his own people didn't get it. These two people, the shepherds and the wise men, they got it. But his own people didn't get it. King Herod was deeply disturbed. We'll talk more about King Herod next week. was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? In Bethlehem and Judea, they said, for this is what the prophet wrote. And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judea are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the shepherd for my people Israel. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men, and he learned from them the time that the star first appeared. Then he told them, hey, 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 go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. Hey, you know what? When you find them, come back and tell me so I can worship him too. I mean, come on, if he's the king, I, mean, I got to worship him, right? Talk more about Herod next week. After this interview, the wise men went their way, and that star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem and went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. These wise men, they had the good life. They had the good life. They weren't kings, as one of our lovely Christmas carols likes to say. They were not kings. But they had audience with kings, immediate audience with kings. They showed up in Jerusalem, and Herod was like, come on, boys, let's, let's talk. What, what brings you by here? They had money. They brought gifts fit for a king and a price tag fit for a king. They had money. They had prestige. Well, they were wise, right? I mean, the name says that. They had the good life. But joy still found them. Joy found those with the good life. And those of us who live here in Republican suburbia, Bible Belt of America, we need to pay attention. Because this is our idol. The good life. The good life. I live in in a nice little suburb. I moved out of the city in order to give, get, get into the good life. And, 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 and I just, just need more dollars. I just need more cars. And I just need more garages. And I just need more boats to have fun with. And I just need a little bit more comfort and safety. And, and I need a nice little safe church to go to in order to have a good life. A good life of comfort and safety. But see... When joy showed up, when joy found these guys who had a gooder life than all of us put together, seeing if you're paying attention, they heard and followed to find joy. They heard and followed to find joy, the joy that found them. 
See, if we try to find joy in the good life, we will find neither joy or the good life. Because how much good life is good life enough? How much good life is good life enough? How much works? How much is, is, is enough good life? We will never find joy in that. But if we find the one that brought joy to us, we will find both joy and the good life. See, God doesn't want us to, 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 to hate our life. As maybe some churches when you show up, like, does God want you to hate life? <laughs> I'm not sure about your actions. God doesn't want us to hate life. God wants us to enjoy the life. But, but, but when we find joy in the baby king, we will find both joy and the good life. Solomon, King Solomon, the richest man probably to ever walk the face of the earth, wrote some things about this in Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes 5.10, those who love money will never have enough. When, when is that last dollar bill going to be enough? How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. And this is the guy that was probably the most wealthy person that ever, ever, ever walked on the face of the earth. The more you have, the more people come to help you spend it. Just ask the last person that won the lottery, right? But none of you. Probably none of you have won the lottery, right? People who work hard sleep. Oh, so what good is well? Sorry, I skipped some. Except perhaps to watch it slip through your fingers. People who work hard sleep well, whether they eat little or much, but the rich seldom get a good night's sleep. And he, he goes on to explain that go down to uh, uh, verse 18. Even so, I've noticed one thing at least that is good. It is good for people to eat, drink, and enjoy their work under the sun during the short life God has given them. See this? See the, see the change? See the change to contentment? To contentment of, 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 you know what? I show up on Monday and I knock it out of the park. I ring myself out for the sake of God and for the sake of the kingdom. And I can go to bed and sleep at night because I'm content to accept their light in life. And it is a good thing to receive wealth from God and the good health to enjoy it. Look, he's not saying that wealth is bad. He's just saying, enjoy what God has given you. You will find out that you're more wealthy when you just enjoy what God has given you wherever he's given it to you at. To enjoy your work and accept your lot in life, this is indeed a gift from God. God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to brood over the past. If, if, if Solomon were writing today, he would write this. God keeps such people so busy enjoying life that they take no time to post on Facebook. Right? Because that's where we brood over the past now. Brood over the money we didn't make and the opportunities we didn't take and, and, and brood over what, what somebody said to me and what happened today. Some is like those that take their lot in life as, as, as a gift from God, they ring themselves out that day. They work hard. They take their paycheck. They thank God for their paycheck. If they get a promotion, they take the promotion and they ring themselves out in the promotion and they take the paycheck and everything they do is to ring themselves out for the sake of the kingdom. 
That's the good life. As Paul says in Philippians chapter 4, we know 4.13, but as Paul says in chapter, chapter 4, I paraphrase a little bit, but hey, look, I've known what it is to have a lot of money. I know what it is to have a little bit of money. I know what it is to, 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 to live life with clothes on. I know what it is to live life without clothes on. At that point in time, we're like, whoa, Paul, we don't, we don't want to know what that, that is. We, I know how to have a lot. I know how to have a little bit, but you know what? Whatever, whatever lot that God has for me in whatever circumstance that he has for me I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me that does not mean I can then go see we utilize that verse just rip that verse out and go I can do whatever I want to hogwash I can't go play in the NFL folks no matter how hard I work there's a certain body build that's just not working out there But it means whatever lot in life that God chooses as I hear and follow him, to, that he chooses to take me through, he is going to give me the strength to be able to do that and go through that and do it with an inner excitement that is the joy that he gives us. And that, my friends, is the good life. That, my friends, is overflowing with joy. That's what that looks like. But there's, there's one more person. And I miss this person. I miss this person until I kind of focused on this and studying this and, and, and it kind of came out. And the, the, well, there's another person here. There's another person. Back to, back to Luke chapter 2, verse 9. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared among them. That radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. The shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that, that will bring great joy to all people. And you're like, okay, we already read that. Who's the person? The angels. The angels. The angels are the most powerful created being that God created. Every time they showed up somewhere and stood in front of somebody, their first words were, don't be afraid. I, that never has to be my first words. Coming out of my mouth, hey, don't be afraid of me. Nobody's wet themselves because I show up or fainted. Just never has happened before. Still waiting for that moment. Anyway, I'll post it on Facebook. Brood over it later. <laughs> Angels were the most powerful created being that God created. but they still found joy in the baby king. Well, of course they did. They had to. No, they didn't. No, they didn't. There's an angel. His name was Lucifer. He had more power than the rest of them. But he looked at God's throne and said, hmm, well, that's some power. I bet I could take him. Hey, hey, fellas, 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 I think, I think we can take him. There is no rebellion to God's throne that he cannot overthrow. And he overthrew Satan and his angels that decided to follow him to hell. In the meantime, he... And his sovereignty has allowed Satan 
to wreak havoc. And Satan is trying to use his power to drag as many of us to hell with him as possible. He is using his power as the father of lies. He is using his power to steal, kill, and destroy lives. He is using his power to get more power. We are not more powerful than Satan. That's why Jesus had to come and die and resurrect, defeating the power of Satan, finally stomping on the head of the serpent forever. But see, every one of us have power in this room. Oh, I'm not a powerful person. In some situation in life, we have power. Whether we're the boss, the leader, the CEO, the founder, whatever, we have power. Whether we're the teacher, whether we're the parent, whether we're the older sibling, whether then we're the, the, the younger sibling that just happens to be the boss, whatever. We've got one of those in our home. All of us have power. It's not joy to use our power to get more power. That's not joy. When's enough power? What joy is, is using our power like the angels do to serve God and serve man. To serve God and serve people. That's how the angels use their power is to serve God and serve people. As we see from the Gospels and from the Scripture, the power that we have, it's not bad to have power. But do we use the power that, we, that God has given us to serve God and serve people? And if, if a light bulb goes on in your head and go, oh, that's how I'll get more power, is by doing that. Serving God and serving people. If that's why you want to serve God and serve people is to obtain more power, guess what? It'll work for a while, but your heart condition will find you out and sometime the grossness of your heart will vomit out on other people and and you will then use your power to obtain more power. Or, just like every other one of these, the down and out, the good lifer, the powerful, if we repent of our heart condition of saying, I want more, God will take care of the heart from the inside out and we can serve people and God in integrity. And all power is, is the ability to serve more people and to serve God in more ways. That's all it is. Isn't that a joy that is overflowing? Getting the chance to serve as many people as possible with the lot in life that God has given. So we kind of look at one last thing. Did you notice? Did you notice what, what these guys in this story did with their joy? What action that outflowed from their joy? Matthew 2, 11. The wise men entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. 
Luke 2.13. And suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God. 2.20. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. The inner excitement that God put inside of them, it flowed out of their life into the activity of worship. And this principle holds true no matter what it is. What we find joy in, we will worship. What we find joy in, we will worship. If we find joy in the the down and out life, we will worship the activity of the down and out life. How could you enjoy that? Why do we keep going back? Why do we keep going back to the things that make us down and out if we don't enjoy it in some way? Whatever we enjoy, we will worship. The good life, the good life. If we enjoy the good life, we will worship the good life. If we enjoy power, we will worship power. If we enjoy the baby king that found us first, Emmanuel, God with us, the God that brings an unconditional love, the God that brings joy. If we find the baby king, if we enjoy the baby king, if we enjoy hearing and following Jesus, then Jesus, the baby king, is who we will worship. And the baby king was the greatest example of joy we've ever seen on the face of this earth. See, when we talk about joy, I'm not talking about happiness. I'm not talking about being giddy and happy and, oh, I cut off my leg, but I have so much joy in my heart. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about there's going to be difficult days. I'm not talking about that you won't sit on your couch and cry over what you just did. I'm not saying that you won't sit on your couch and cry about that, that, that you, you don't know where the next paycheck's going to come from. I'm not saying that you won't sit on your couch and, and, and not cry about circumstances, the, the, the diagnosis, or whatever comes your way. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying, when we hear and follow Jesus, the inner excitement will start welling up in that moment, out, and, and, and an outflow of that will be worshiping Jesus this despite our circumstances. And Jesus is the greatest example of that. I didn't throw this up here. I thought about this this morning. Hebrews 12. For the joy set before him, Jesus, the baby king. He endured the cross, scorning its shame. What? See, if joy is happiness, there's no way that verse would work. For the happiness set before him, he endured the cross. You're like, crackpot. For the joy set before him, the inner excitement of accomplishing the will of God, Christ endured the cross and scorned its shame. Why? To save. You and me from the power of Satan. And when we hear and follow the baby king, we will find an overflowing joy because we will find a freedom that we've never felt before.
for some of us this morning. You've never followed Jesus before. You've never said, you're my Lord, you're my baby king, you're my daddy, whatever you want to say. And now with it laid before you, you're like, you know what? Ah, it isn't joyful. I need that. I need the baby king. I need, I need the joy that found me. I, I, I'm kind of starting to feel, I'm starting to experience it now. I need that. There's going to be people who talk with you and pray about you or pray for you and through this for you. And, 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 and it's not about talking to somebody or praying with somebody. It's just working something out. This is a safe people to work that out with. We'd love nothing more and to help you find the joy that found you this morning. For some of you, rest of you, that's settled. Maybe God's, God's wrestling with something about the good life, or about power, or, or down and out, or something that's going on. Maybe he's wrestling with you about that, but, but overall, you've, you've settled that. You're following the baby king. What do I do? We don't do these songs so that Phil gets a chance to sing. Come on now. Sorry, Phil. Maybe Jack, but not Phil. Yeah, you, you get to sing to your heart's content. There's no microphone on you, bro. <laughs> we do these songs so that the inner excitement of the baby king, about the baby king, the baby king that found you, the inner excitement can well out through worshiping God, through the, through the prayers that we throw up on the screen and put to song. One last thing. Kingdom come. It's up to every one of us now to kingdom come to those that don't have joy, to those that don't have the inner excitement of knowing the baby king. Be in prayer. Ask God, who is it? Who is it that you want me to bring your kingdom joy to this week? Who is it? I'm going to pray and have, a, have songs of reflection. If you need to pray with somebody, there'll be people in the back of the room. We, we do go to the back so that you don't feel like everybody's staring at you. If you need to talk to somebody. Otherwise, worship the baby king who brought joy down to you. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for this day. We thank you for this time and this chance to, 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 to worship and to, 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 to let the joy that is bottled up inside of us, or whether it be a burning fire or just a small ember, that, 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 that we let the joy out through this worship, Lord. I, I just pray, Lord, that, that the, the people just, wherever they're at with the, with, with, with the joy that you've put inside of them right now, that, that They'll do that because when we blow on an ember, it can become a raging fire. Lord, I pray the power of your spirit will, will flow through people's lives and give them overwhelming joy this morning. If this is the first time somebody has experienced your joy, let them rejoice with the, with the joy that they've never experienced before. These are merely words. You can alone bring an overflowing joy. Bring that to us this morning.
the name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Crosspoint Fellowship Podcast. To give towards the mission of God through Crosspoint, go to www.cpf.me forward slash give.